The following is a King's Chapel, Alaska presentation with Pastor Daniel Bracken. Our passion's making disciples of Jesus Christ who fulfill God's call and help us be the personal, powerful, permeating church God's called us to be. For more information, visit kcalaska.com or find us on Facebook. Here's Pastor Daniel. Now, you can't be a student of Scripture and not understand when we begin to pass laws and make decisions that are being made, you realize that when a nation turns from God, that judgment comes, the loving judgment of the Lord. He said, what do you mean loving judgment? Well, we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about God's plan for America. And since the sins of the people reflect the nation, you've got to ask, is there any hope? Is there any hope for America? Is there any hope for any nation that's gone astray from the ways of the Lord? The Bible says that sin is a reproach to any people, but righteousness exalts a nation. And so let's look at God's judgment. I want you to turn to Matthew chapter 11, and I've chosen that scripture simply because it's the words of Jesus, and He's declaring it here in the New Testament, a judgment that comes that He's declaring over Chorazin, and a judgment over Capernaum. In fact, I'm going to take it from verse 23, Matthew 11, verse 23. And you, Capernaum, who are exalted to heaven, will be brought down to Hades. For if the works done, which were done in you had been done in Sodom, it would have remained until this day. But I say to you, it shall be more tolerable for the land of Sodom than the day of judgment for you. You never want to forget the fact that we serve a loving God and that loving God is a righteous God. And there is righteousness and unrighteousness. There is truth and there is a lie. And you'll see that God judges, right in your notes now, if you don't have notes, lift your hand, one of the ushers will help you with that. God judges cities. God judges nations. Along with individuals. So as you read that text there in, in, in Matthew 11, you have to ask, what did Capernaum do? Now this is where Jesus lived, Capernaum. And so you have to ask, what is up with Capernaum that they would receive judgment more than Sodom and Gomorrah? What did Capernaum do to cause Jesus to say, it's going to be worse for you all than it was for Sodom and Gomorrah? I mean, that's a pretty bold very heavy statement that Jesus made. In Luke chapter 12 and verse 48b, that's the second part of Luke 12, 48. It says that, if you go ahead and put that up, Luke 12, verse 48. I think I might need my glasses again. Jesus, help me. Here we go. For everyone to whom much is given, from him much will be required. And to whom much has been committed, of him they will ask more. America has been given more than any other nation in the entire recorded history of mankind. We have won, we won basically, along with allies, World War I, World War II, Korean War. We have had tremendous blessing bestowed upon us. It has rained down from sea to shining sea. We've enjoyed the freedoms uh, so so wonderfully, costly 
to the veterans and those who've gone before us and our forefathers who gave their very life. And it's really remarkable how God has touched and blessed this nation. But God is the one who made this nation great. It won't be some candidate. It'll be God. It'll be God turning the hearts of people if their hearts are, will be turned. And so what was up with Capernaum? It was the town where Jesus lived. They saw miracles. They saw signs. They saw wonders. And yet they did not repent. They had what I would call a mental offense to our Savior. What do you mean by that? You can read in Mark and different places. They said, what wonderful grace is upon his lips. Who's given him, talking of Jesus, this wisdom? And with what mighty works he's done as he lays hands on the sick and they recover. And then the next verse, I think it's, it's, it's Mark 7, I think it is. You need to go look. But the next verse, it says, and they were offended at him. They said, isn't this Jesus? Isn't Mary his mother? Isn't this his sister? Isn't this Jesus who we changed? Didn't we change his diaper when he was in the nursery? You say they had a mental offense. They saw the signs and wonders. And in their heart, they perceived him just to be a man instead of the son of God, instead of the Messiah, instead of the one who was prophesied out of Isaiah 53. So when they saw the mighty works in their mind, they made rationale, this can't be the Messiah because this is baby Jesus. I changed his shorts. In other words, I was there. I, this is his mother. This couldn't be the Messiah. And they isolated and their perception became askewed and their Skewed perception did not receive, therefore not receiving Jesus as the Messiah, as the king of his kingdom, having come to the earth. But they then excused him and made him just to be some man who had wisdom. And that is why judgment was to come upon Capernaum. You know, your perception will either limit the move of God or release it. Your perception will either release the power of God or shut it down. And you will see Jesus as a whole other message. But you'll see Jesus, he will kick out the scoffer and the mocker before he ever raised that 12-year-old girl from the dead. They came in and he came in and said, she's asleep. And they laughed him to scorn. And he removed them all. Except Peter, James, and John and her parents. And then he raised her from the dead. Capernaum's judgment was because they did not perceive who Jesus was. They just thought he was a man. Just thought he was maybe a prophet. They didn't really know who he was. And There is the principle of sowing and reaping. In Galatians chapter 6 and verse 8, the apostle Paul says to the church in Galatia, for he that soweth to the flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. He that soweth to the spirit shall of the spirit reap everlasting life. So if the seeds of immorality are sown, then don't be deceived. God will not be mocked. If, if seeds of immorality are sown, what's going to come back? You're going to get a harvest of what was sown in the ground. I love what my mama said years ago. Son, you need to pray for crop failure. I said, absolutely right. Some of you are like, whoa, that's a revelation. But don't be deceived. But God's mercy to take and wipe out some of those harvests that you don't want to have. But it is a principle Seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, as I taught you a number of weeks ago out of the book of Genesis, those things will not fail as he spoke to Noah as he came out of the ark, encouraging him, saying, I'm not going to flood the earth again. Had to be encouraging. But our nation has sown horrible seeds, 
We are the number one purveyor of filth and pornography all over the world. We're the number one, the number one killer of babies. And we wonder where the cure to cancer is. We might have taken the one who would come up with it because we've killed a whole generation. The principle of sowing and reaping. There's a third thing to understand as we look at judgment. And that's covenant curses and blessings. And if you look at Deuteronomy 28, there's a catalog of the blessings of God and a catalog of the curses that come. Pastor Karen, you might remember long ago on the island of Molokai, that's when we first worked with Pastor Robert and, and Lonnie. They were on the screen wishing me happy birthday today. We were there and we had, uh, we had a, a bus ministry that would go and pick up kids and there was a whole bunch of children that was picked up from a home and it was these two women that lived an alternative lifestyle. Do you understand? So they had called a number of churches to get the church to come over and bless them and all of the churches wouldn't come because they were homosexual, so on and so forth. Well, they called our church and I happened to answer the phone and they said, will you come and bless our house? And now I knew who they were, and I thought, uh, yeah, I'll come pray over your house. They said, you will? I said, sure. And the Lord spoke to exactly what to do. The Lord told me exactly what to do. And so I went there, and I opened my Bible with as much love as I have in my heart from the Lord, and I opened it up to Deuteronomy 28. And I read the entire chapter out loud. Now, if you've never read Deuteronomy 28, you might want to go home and read that. And just imagine how awkward it was. Listen, we love people. All it is is sin. You cannot love sin. You can't say, what is, you can't say that which Scripture says is, is wrong. You can't call it right. You can vote on things like the speed limit out in front of the church. You cannot vote on whether a man is a man or a woman is a woman. You cannot vote on those things. You can't do that. Because if you do that, then you, then you step away from God's word as being the center of truth and morality. And you begin to make yourself your own, your, your, you begin to make yourself a God. And we have stepped aside from the things of time and tradition. And that which has actually made our nation great has been God. We also send out more missionaries than just about any other nation in the world. There's great blessing that's been bestowed. By the way, as we read those blessings and curses in that house, it didn't go so well in the end for that, those folks. Uh, they, they died a number of years later, very young, just living however they wanted to. Hopefully they were right before the Lord when that happened. In Deuteronomy 28, you have this illustrated sermon from the Lord. And you have these two mountains, Mount Ebal and Mount Gerizim. And Israel is walking between the two, and God commands them to have the curses shouted down from one side of the, the mountain, from one, side, from one mountain, and the blessings shouted from the other. And as they walk through the two of them. And the illustration is this. 
If you live in covenant with me, I will bless you with all of these blessings. Head, not the tail, lender, not the borrower. All of those amazing blessings that we proclaim over our own lives. But they're conditional blessings. If you break covenant with me and live however you want to, then you get all of the curses. And so that is what happened in Deuteronomy 28. And so it's covenant curses and covenant blessings. And there's a twofold purpose, a twofold purpose for judgment. Everybody say there's a twofold purpose for judgment. Twofold purpose. One is to purge evil. Turn to Genesis chapter 15. Genesis 15, Abraham is dying. And the Lord is giving, is speaking to him and he prophesies that they're going to go into captivity for 400 years. And then and then the Lord says, I'm going to bring them back. Genesis 15, verse 16, it reads, But in the fourth generation they shall return here. Watch this now. This is profound. For the iniquity of the Amorites is not yet complete. Another version says the iniquity, iniquity of the Amorites is not yet full. So what, what can we understand from that? Leave the verse up, please. What we can understand is, well, they're going to go into captivity, but they're going to come back in the fourth generation. And that's because there's some timing involved. What timing? That God actually can't evict them just yet because it's not time yet. In other words, there is this merciful delay until, honestly, understanding the Lord in his heart, until sin is full or they repent. They really actually have the opportunity to repent. And he says their sin is not yet complete, but when the sin is complete, it's then eviction time. You read through Scripture and you'd understand in Leviticus that when a nation begins to do the things that our nation does. Listen, don't stick your head in the sand like an ostrich. Pull your head out today. Come on, somebody say, pull your head out. Pull your head out the sand and take a, take a look at the handwriting on the wall. You cannot continue to do what our nation is doing and not see God's merciful, loving hand of judgment to come. Why? Why? Two reasons. One, it's to purge evil. To purge evil. And that's what Israel was going to be God's hand of judgment on the Amorites, on the Canaanites. To get evil out of the land. And all the sin of the Canaanites is all the sins of America too. Back to Leviticus. It says that if the, if the inhabitants of the land do these things. And they're mostly sexual things. Then the land will vomit them out. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm so glad we came to church today. Praise God. It's good to be in church. Thank you, Jesus. Ezekiel 7, 2 talks about an end that comes to the four corners of the land. Noah, if you look in your notes, Noah preached for a long time, some say 120 years. Preached the preacher of righteousness, it says in the New Testament about Noah. He was a preacher of righteousness in a crooked generation. And so it'll be in the days of Noah, like in the days of Noah when the Son of Man comes. Listen, consider it not strange. If you're feeling torn between the issues of the world and and, and the things that are, you know, you're starting to compromise in your belief system and begin to get away from the Word of God, then you're beginning your backslide, which will end in your own judgment. 
America's got to have a revival. God's plan for America is to purge it. I believe that. God's plan for America, the second aspect of what judgment brings. Okay, so it brings a purging of evil. The second aspect. Everybody say the second aspect. Now, I love this part. The second aspect is to bring redemption. To bring what? Redemption. Come on, say redemption. To bring redemption to people. Thank God you're saved. Thank God I'm saved. Come on. Thank God. Thank God he he turns your heart towards him. Thank God you're free. Amos. It's in the Bible. The book of Amos. You don't hear it preached too often. Amos and Jonah were contemporaries. They were both ministering at the same time. And in Amos, you will see, I am missing a page. Jesus, help me right now. Amos what? It's right there in your Bible, in your notes. There we go. Good. In Amos chapter 4, verse 6, I got it. Verse 8, verse 9, verse 10, verse 11, verse 12. It talks about these judgments that's come upon the land, that come upon the people, and following each of them, there's this phraseology that's repeated. And let me just read the first one. Also, I gave you cleanness of teeth in all of your cities. In other words, your teeth are clean because you're not eating anything because there's famine. Lack of bread in all your places. Yet you have not returned to me, says the Lord. And it goes on to say, and the rain was withheld in verse 7. And it goes on and on and on and on. There's drought and the heavens are brass and so on and so forth. It talks about all this stuff and then, it, and then it says, yet you've not returned to me. The locusts devoured and your vineyards are gone, yet you've not returned to me. I sent the plague after the manner of Egypt and, and, the, and brought captives, yet you've not returned to me, yet You've not returned to me. Yet, you've not. It says over and over and over and over. The purpose of God's judgment is to purge evil, but it's to turn your heart. It's to turn my heart. Our nation needs to turn to God. Our nation needs to turn back to Him. Thank you for the golf clap. It's true. Our nation needs to have a major revival. It is the only hope. Make America great again? You know how you're going to make America great again? It's not going to be some political person that gets in office. It's going to be the church of the living God who stands up with their God-given, blood-bought right, begins to understand that you can make a difference. The ecclesia of God means those that are called out. And when we vote, when we pray, things change. We can change our country. We can change our families. We can change our cities. We can change our state. We can see a great... Oh, come on! We can see a great revival. We can. We can. It's the only answer to the woes of America. It's not a political battle. We war not against flesh and blood. I had the junior hires stay in here so that you would hear this. Oh, that God would touch one of your hearts. That you'd come out from among them. When you go into the schools this year, you're so on fire, you don't really care what the newest style of jeans are. You don't care what the music is. 
that you get so impacted by the fire of the Holy Ghost. All God's looking for is just one. If God content one high schooler, one junior higher, set them so on fire that they don't give a flip what anybody thinks about them, they get away from the crowd and all the cliques, and they begin to declare Jesus, you'll probably get tossed out of school. But you know, you just petition, you start prayer meetings, start reaching your friends, and what ends up happening is serving God, seeing miracle signs and wonders becomes cool as opposed to smoking meth and sending nudes. Come on, somebody say hallelujah. <laughs> Smile at the person and say, are you still glad? I'm still glad I'm here. Go ahead, tell them. Perhaps we should pretend I'm the evangelist again. <laughs> Revelation 2. In Revelation 2, talking about the purpose of judgment, to purge evil, number two, to bring repentance, to, to see people's hearts turn to God. And in Revelation, a book for our time, of course the whole thing's for our time, but Revelation is... Certainly highlighted as we're in the midst of it. And I gave her time, Revelation 2.21, and I gave her time to repent of her sexual immorality, but she did not repent. Revelation 3.19, as many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Therefore, be zealous and repent. Revelation 9 in verse 20 through 21. But the rest of mankind who were not killed by these plagues, did not repent of the works of their hands, that they should not worship demons, idols of gold, silver, brass, stone, and wood, which can neither see, nor hear, nor walk. And they did not repent of their murders, their abort the abortions. They did not repent of their same-sex marriage. They did not repent of their sorceries and their sexual immorality or their thefts. Judgment comes upon a nation because God loves his people. Now that's, most people don't have that concept, but that is a biblical understanding of judgment. Now my kids are older now, but there was a time in their younger years where I needed to apply, you know, some pain to the hinder parts of their understanding. Does anybody know what I'm saying? It's amazing. And if you, don't, if you don't learn to chastise your kids, then there's a right way and a wrong way. You always do it in love, never do it in anger. I'm not talking about child abuse. I'm talking about loving, godly correction. Now, if you, though being evil, know how to correct your children, how much more your heavenly father is going to correct you? Some of you need a spanking right now. <laughs> Praise the Lord. I think he might have raised me up for this day to just give you one. Praise the Lord. See, so many people wonder, where's the blessing of God? How come God, well, why don't you live for him? Now, I understand that there's decisions and curses and bondages and unhealed places that we all have had to overcome. But if you, you, you got to become a disciple. you got to turn. There's so many people upset about the Ten Commandments being removed from capital rotundas and moved out of court, and I am too. I remember seeing some fool, that's a biblical word, idiot in the, new, in the amplified version. 
Idiota if you're an Italian. I remember seeing some guy talking to the news while he's got a can of Bud Dumber in his hand. He's, he's three sheets to the wind drinking Budweiser. And he's talking to the news. Well, we should never take out the Ten Commandments out of the cover. I just can't. I just can't believe it. You know, it's ridiculous. What's this nation coming to? For God's sake, you fool. You took the Ten Commandments out of your home years ago. What are you getting all so upset about? And the church has been pushed to the margins when, when we need to bring the church back to the center of the community. Do you know I'm so thankful God has given us, I believe, the primest piece of commercial property to put our church. You know, he did that on purpose. He did it on purpose. You will drive in when, we, when our building is complete. You'll drive in and you'll see Welcome to Wasilla, the heart of Alaska. And then you will see a facility with a prayer meeting going on 24 hours a day, seven day a week. It never closes. And, and you're just going to be greeted by a part of the design is a very large cross. And it's on our property, which we own. And you can't tell me zip what to do about it. And a big old cross that'll just be lit. Welcome to Wasilla. I believe God wants to do that all across America and not just some flimsy religion. I mean people that really have the, the word of God engrafted in them. People that have the very finger of God is imparted to them and written on their hearts. People that live for the Lord with all their heart, mind, soul, and strength. And everywhere they go, they do signs and wonders and miracles. That's what I believe is heading to Alaska. That's what I'm believing is the plan of God. The plan of God for America is redemption, revival. It's our only hope. And please, for God's sake, get registered and vote. Revelation chapter 16, verse 9. Would you put it up on the screen, please? And men were scorched with great heat, and they blasphemed the name of God, who has power over these plagues. Who has power over it all? God. And they did not repent and give him glory. Verse 11. They blasphemed the God of heaven because of their pains and their sores. And they did not repent of their deeds. Come on, somebody say repent. Thank you. God's trying to bring us to repentance. So God's plan for America is very simply from 2 Peter 3 as I bring this to a close. God's plans for America, 2 Peter 3 and verse 9. The Lord is not slack concerning his promises, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. There is coming the great and awful day of the Lord. It's coming. There is a great and dreadful day of the Lord coming. Great for those who are living for Him. Dreadful for those who are not. And in that day, every knee will bow. And there'll be knees bowing in adoration and some bowing in utter hatred as they shake their fists at God. Hell was not made for you. It's not made for me. It's made for the devil and his demons. But if you reject God's plan, then you go to hell. Aren't you feeling encouraged right now? 
we see this fact in God's Son that He died for the whole world. John 3.16, do you know it? For God so loved the world that He, that whoso shall not, but that's God's plan. That America would turn back to God. And I'm, listen. I, I mean, I, I like a happy message. And this is a happy message. It's, it's a little heavy, but it's our nation's birthday, so I'm preaching to America. There's people online all over the world that can see this message and hear this thing. Judgment is a gift. And so is repentance. And we need to pray for revival. If my people who were called by my name, 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14, my people, whose people? God's people. You can put it up, would you? 2 Chronicles 7, 14. If my people who are, are there any, is there anybody that's, where's his peeps at? All right. Who's called by his name? That's me. Okay. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, I will hear from heaven. Turn from their wicked ways. God's people have to turn from their wicked ways. You see, if there's a great outbreak of God's power and fire, then, then we're going to turn the hearts of people. You know, I've found this whole generation doesn't want pablum. They want it straight. Just tell me the truth. It's not so comfortable hearing the truth sometimes, but my goodness, wounds from a friend are better than kisses from an enemy. And the devil's just throwing out kisses left and right to seduce a whole generation. Using everything in his arsenal to do it. Let's look at our text very quickly. Pastor Alex, would you come? Jonah was called by God to preach to Nineveh. But he ran away. He disobeyed. Why? Because he hated the Ninevites. Hated the Assyrians. The people that lived in Nineveh hated them. Seventy years before the Assyrians whooped up on Israel... Jonah disobeys, but God gets his attention because he's thrown overboard and swallowed by a fish. Some say it's a whale. We don't know if it's a whale, but we know it's a fish. We know it's in the ocean and big enough to swallow him. There have been recorded history. James Bartlett in the 1800s is said to be swallowed by a whale. And it's, I read this article that the whale's digestive system was stopped. The whale became constipated and died as a result. Anyway, when they got him out, he was, he was completely white from the gastric juices. His hair was just wild. And he was partially blind for a season. Jonah runs from God. God puts him in a fish. Three days later, the sign of Jonah is a picture of Jesus and the resurrection. Three days he's in the belly of the fish. Jesus was in the earth for three days. Took the keys of hell, death. Come on, somebody. And Jonah's vomited out on the shores of Nineveh. He walks a whole day. I think he's, first of all, Nineveh, they worship the fish goddess. And they worship Dagon, who's half fish, half man. And so when Jonah walked into the city, smelling like fish, I mean, he had to be a freakish sight. I think if he walked in here right now, some of you might repent. And he yells, 40 days, you've got 40 days and it's over. And the whole city, the whole city, the men, the women, the children, and the animals, 
the beasts, they all fast and they all repent. I believe there's coming a shaking to America that it's going to be like a Jonah thing where people break and, and, and repent. See, we just think everything's fine because you still got your job, you're getting your paycheck, everything's pretty good, you're looking forward to dip netting, so am I, the fish are running. You know, whether they're filled with radiation from Japan, not quite sure of. Yeah, I'm not laughing about that. We don't really think about Korea could bomb us, could just totally, North Korea could hit us with a missile. We don't really think about that. We don't really think about, you know, one, in one moment in, in the foreign affairs of the, of the, of the world, it's, it, it could end. A great war could break out any moment. At any moment that could happen. At any moment. Yet most of America's whistling Dixie while going over the waterfalls. They talk about a great pandemic that's coming. They say it's just a matter of time. You know what a pandemic is? A wide sweeping virus or disease that cannot be stopped. They can't figure out how to stop it. A black death, if you will. Are you a doomsdayer? I am not, but I also know that we are headed for a great shaking. It might surprise you to know this, that in every single state, Every single state in the United States of America has ISIS cells. Every one. Alaska, yes. And they are plotting and planning the fall of our nation. What are you going to do? How are you going to live? Considering these things, knowing, being the student of Scripture, we're headed for a great shaking. Oh, but it's the greatest time to be it's the greatest time to be alive. It's not a time to be afraid. It's not a time to be scared. Unless, of course, you're the wicked. Then you can wait for the teeth breaking and the arm breaking. It's a time to rejoice. It's a time to turn our moral compass back to God. It's a time to seek Him why, we, why He may be found. It's a time to, to turn our hearts, to get on fire. That's what Nineveh did. And Jonah got angry. He got angry. And I think, I think we're like the Ninevites. I, think we're, I mean, I think we're like Jonah. Many times we just want to shake our finger at somebody and say, you shouldn't be a homosexual. Get all angry. It's dirty. It's wrong. Look down our nose at drug addicts and get all angry at them. It is wrong. But where's the love? Where's, where, how are you discipling people? Are you, are you helping someone? Many years ago, we had, we had a, a breakout of, of suicide uh, in the church we were pastoring. Remember the first one that happened? It was remarkable how the first suicide that took place was, I'm talking somebody that came to church every service. I don't mean somebody just occasionally came. I'm talking never missed church. She had had a nerve that got pulled up in her, in her jaw and was in some kind of excruciating pain and they couldn't help her and she, she suffered and suffered and she just, they couldn't do anything for her and, and they say she just lost her mind and took her life. Less than 30 days later, her best friend did the same thing. In both cases, now I was involved in the one, so I'll talk about that. In the second case, I'm in my office, I'm studying and the Lord interrupts me and says, call her now, son. I'm thinking, whoa, 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 where's my phone? Get my phone. Pastor Vince, you remember this? 
I got my phone. I, I called. And, you know, I call him like, hi, it's Pastor Daniel. I get the, you know, leave a message at the beep. Beep. That's when they had answering machines. We got like a voicemail. This was the kind where the answering machine echoes in the house. So you can hear, you know. And so I, I say, hi, it's Pastor Daniel just checking in on you. Are you there? How many of you remember those days? Can you pick up the phone? Can you pick up the phone? And then something turned at me. I said, pick up the phone. Pick up the phone now. Pick up the phone. In Jesus' name, pick up the phone. And my, my wife was there. I mean, this thing came over. It was the Holy Ghost. And she didn't pick up the phone, and I hung up, and I remember looking at the clock a little bit after 12. And I thought, man, I wonder what's going on. When the autopsy and everything came, she was just hanging herself while that call came through. Right at 12 o'clock, that's what they told me. I thought, oh, isn't that something? We need to have a great revival. We need to have a burden for people. We need to have a burden for those under the bondage of same-sex attraction and all that. You can be healed. You can be free. Lots of testimonies. If you struggle with that, you can be free. Amen. Every cell in you, if you're a man, every, every part of your DNA says you're a man. If you're a woman, every cell in your body, every part of your DNA says you're a woman. He made the male and female. God's speaking to us. God's merciful. Come on, somebody say, God's merciful. In the church, we, as a church, we must obey the Lord and believe for a harvest of souls. One more story, and maybe two, then I'll be done. Leaders uh, and staff threw me a 50-year-old birthday party. Was, I couldn't hardly stop crying the whole time I was there. People come up and say, are you having fun? I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm just like, you know, man swallowing, so I just don't go like, ah, I can do this. God, it's just overwhelmed. I, you know, the devil meant to take me out before I made 50. I'm going to go to 120. Anybody else? I'm going to 120. I'm so overwhelmed. But towards the end of that time, most everybody left. You're still cleaning up the, you know, the remains, straightening things out. And onto the property rolls a truck. And I instantly discern, you know, evil, for lack of a better word. And so I immediately walk towards the truck. I stop the truck. There's two guys that are clearly drug addicts. So I said at the window, I said, do you need some help? They said, yeah, we're just here for the church. We're here for the church event, you know, so we're just going to like, you know, we're going to. I said, no, 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 you're not. And they're like, uh, what? I said, yeah, this is a private party, so you're not here for the church event. Oh, we're not? I said, no, you're not. They said, oh, okay. I said, okay. They said, okay, we're going to go. I said, all right, that's good. They drove off. Man, did the Lord take me apart for that. Man, I got so rebuked. As I walked away, I thought, I didn't even tell him about Jesus. I thought, what is wrong with you? I mean, I feel like the Spirit of God is saying, man, you're bitter. You got some bitterness going on, son. You see, we've been ripped off. We've been robbed. 
I, I can't, I will tell you that I'm, I am highly allergic to codependency and manipulation. I just, I, the spirit of slap comes all over me. I just want to take care of it. I know I'm not the only one. But I've found as we've been robbed and we've gotten robbed. That's why, by the way, for all of you listening, all of you here, we have high definition cameras on every single corner inside and out. Whether you can see them or not, they're all there. Everything's recorded 24-7. Amen. And we've made arrests and people that rip stuff off, we arrest them and, and give them judgment so they can repent. And so through some of that, I've gotten a little bitter. And I had to repent. Go, no, no, I'm, I'm telling you about me. How about you? When's the last time you witnessed to somebody? When's the last time you went over souls? When's the last time you wept over somebody's condition? The man on the corner over here. You know who I'm talking about. You've been driving by it. When's the last time you've wept over the lost? Or do you look the other way and go, wow, whatever, like a Jonah? Am I the only one? Don't raise your hand. I know there's a lot of other guilty people besides me. I've repented already. I'm asking God to, hi. I'm asking God to give me a burden. A burden. Again. For souls. I've repented. I ask you, Lord, help me. Come on, some of you got a hard heart. You got a hard heart. Thank God somebody pulled you out of your muck and mire. Or were you always saved walking on water? Thank God. Thank God for the Pastor Joshes. Thank God for godly moms and godly fathers. Thank God for people who hold out the truth and speak it and declare it and proclaim it. Thank God for somebody who will pull over for somebody and say, Hey man, Jesus really loves you. When's the last time you led somebody to Jesus? I stir you. I call you to action on America's birthday. America's made of families. Serve God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And reach to the lost. By the way, these two people that, that killed themselves all those years ago, they took their own lives. We had somebody call the cathedral. And i got to tell you what the devil whispered to us. What kind of pastor are you that your own people are telling? I said, shut up. We had somebody so upset, part of the church, because they were grieving, and they called Dr. Morocco in Maui to tell on me in the middle of the night to tell on me and my wife about what horrible pastors we were. But they got Pastor Colleen. They got Pastor Colleen and this lady went off about, you know, how horrible we were and these two people have killed themselves and what kind of... And, and she said, excuse me, I'd like to ask you a question. What did you do? What did you do to help them? She cursed and hung up on Pastor Colleen. I thought, oh yeah, that's right. Let me ask you though, what have you done? What have you done? What are you doing? How are you living? Are you praying? I'm out of time. I'll paraphrase a section of a book I was going to read to you as I bring this to my second close. The greatest, largest church in the world in the 1840s was in Hawaii. 
on the Big Island. It's over 8,000 people, largest church in the world in the 1800s. Their pastor's name was Titus Cohen. Didn't have any computers, didn't have any phones, didn't have email. He kept every one of those names of all those souls in a little black book. And he toured throughout Hawaii visiting all of his people. He knew when they got saved, he knew when they got baptized, and he would visit them. And the biggest revival took place in, uh, is, it, is it Hilo? Hilo. And they're having a prayer meeting on November 7th. Let me, let me get the date so you can look it up if you want to. 18 something. Is it 1837? 1837, the hour of evening prayer. I didn't say I was going to read it, but I'm going to. They were startled by a heavy thud and a sudden jar of the earth. The sound was like some vast body falling on the beach. This is the eyewitness account of Titus Cohen. And a few seconds, a noise of mingled voices rising over a mile long on the shore thrilled us like the wail of doom. Instantly, this was followed by like wails from native houses around us. And immediately, I ran down to the sea to see the scene of wild ruin spread out before me. The sea moved by an unseen hand. And all of, the sudden, and all of a sudden, risen in a gigantic wave and this wave rushing in with the speed of a racehorse had fallen upon the shore sweeping everything not more than 20 feet high out of into indiscriminate ruin and so Titus Cohen goes on to say that this catastrophe if it occurred at midnight when everybody was asleep thousands would have lost their lives Titus Cohen said only 13 people died great revival and the reason 13 people died is because when that tidal wave came the whole city was in his prayer meeting up on the hill and when all of their homes and everything was destroyed only 13 people passed away out of 10,000 people it was a miracle of God and, and, and at that tidal wave, titles, Titus Cohen said something like, it was as if God was saying, are you ready? You ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? How about you? Are you ready? Are, are, you, are you ready? How about you? You ready? America's not ready. But we can have a revival. A great revival. It starts in your heart. It starts in mine. It starts in your home. It starts in mine. America's made of families. We're headed for more judgment. And I pray that it brings a nationwide revival. Thanks for listening to King's Chapel, Alaska and Pastor Daniel Bracken. Our passion is making disciples of Jesus Christ who fulfill God's life call and help us to be the personal, powerful and permeating church God's called us to be. Get in touch with us anytime at 907-357-2065, 907-357-2065 or online at kcalaska.com, kcalaska.com. Friend us on Facebook and follow Pastor Daniel's tweets at Alaska Revival.